0: Welcome to Finance for Physicians, a show where we empower physicians like you to practice medicine the way you always dreamed you would. This podcast features doctors, physicians, and experts that share one main thing in common. We believe having control of our finances leads to having control of our lives. In a world where doctors' lives are often dictated by our needs to maximize income, pay back massive student loans, and buy homes, many of us give up reaching those goals. But it doesn't have to be this way. If you are ready to learn how financial wellness creates happier doctors and patients, then I'm your guy. I'm your host and financial expert, Daniel Ren. Let's get started. I'm gonna be introducing our guest, which I'm super excited to do. And so, Dr. Diana Londoño is a rock star. She's had a very interesting story and has had a lot of good experiences, but more importantly, she's a mom and a wife, and she's a urologist in LA, right, mm-hmm. is where you practice? She's one of the, is it half a percent of urologists? That is female and latina so that's super awesome she's a speaker podcaster life and business coach and entrepreneur you're the founder of physician coaching support which is 24 7 free support for physicians we'll talk about that a little bit more hopefully but what was especially impressive to me about you is you're talking about some of these super important topics that i think physicians really need to hear some of the things like self-care, equality, vulnerability, wellness, leading with love, living with gratitude, and really how these kinds of things can help solve some of these big problems that physicians are facing, like burnout and all the things like balance and even the suicide issues. And so, and I know you even, you actually experienced burnout a couple of times yourself. I guess the most recent time was during COVID, right? And that was an experience that your, was it your husband brought to your light, right? hmm And so that's, you know, props to him too, for bringing that up and being able to do that, but
1: I'm I'm putting up with it too. (laughs) I know this is important thing we'll talk about. It affects everybody around you, including your immediate family for sure, but Mm -hmm. obviously patients, but yeah, it's going to affect who you're living with.
0: Yes. So it's, I think this transition you had from, you know, I watched one of your videos earlier today and you talked all through this. Experiencing burnout and you know the lows with that, and then here you are today. Like you got, you got businesses. You're coaching people. You're talking about it. So you've had a huge, you know, positive transition. So I think it'll be a great conversation to kind of talk through what that's been like and your experiences with that. So welcome. I appreciate you joining us, Diana. It's I think it'll be a great talk.
1: Thank you. Well, so so much gratitude for being here and for everything you do for physicians. I mean, obviously. Money, finances are really important and can be many Mm -hmm. things that really keep us in a state of worry, in a state of angst, in a state of depression, because we are concerned about it and we feel stuck. And when we feel stuck and worried and fearful, we can't really move to the next step. And, you know, it's really important to just really encompass everything and finances are important. But when we start talking about mindset, we really talk Mm -hmm. about everything. We talk about how you view finances how you view your relationships how you view failures as Mm -hmm. you know opportunities for learning or growing and so mindset is really for encompassing everything and it's gonna affect every area of your life Um, Mm -hmm. so it's really important to figure out what is your mindset Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is it a victim mindset which means everything's happening to me Um, You know, I'm kind of like the victim of, you know, it's their fault or the administrators or it's my clinic manager or, you know, we're blaming everybody except taking like radical responsibility for your reality versus saying like, I am the creator of my reality. Mm -hmm. I have a choice to say yes, to say no, to do this, to not to do this. And your reality becomes your own creation and your own responsibility. And that is a big step to take. It takes a lot of responsibility, personal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and is difficult for a lot of physicians um, and for most people, really. But it really changes how you start viewing life and you know what your reality becomes.
0: Yeah, that radical responsibility. I think that's a good way of describing it. But I'm curious about your experience with burnout. What was your mindset at that time, especially like at the worst of it?
1: Yeah. So that's a great question because, yeah, my, my mindset was not happy-go-lucky. It was complete negativity, complete looking at what's terrible in the world, how everything doesn't work, how, you know, everybody is doing X, Y, and Z wrong and how they're really torturing me and um, that really was my mindset. And I really became Debbie Downer or just like a negativity vortex. And when you spoke earlier about kind of my husband pointing it out, you know, he really one day we we're in the kitchen and he said, you know, you're really acting like this person at work that I work with that is really quite negative that you used to say, oh my gosh, she's so negative. I don't want to act like that. And you really are becoming that because everything I would mention, every story discussion I would have on the table, kitchen table was something negative. Uh, Mm. What has gone wrong? What's not working? And it just was the whole time that discussion. Mm. Again, it kind of had to be pointed out It's like sort of like the cilantro in your teeth. Somebody has to point it out that it's there and obvious, but you can't see it. And sometimes it takes a friend, sometimes it takes a loved one, a colleague, or sometimes some of the people I've spoken with, it really You know, the patients are complaining that you're always angry, reactive, yelling, and you kind of have to be taken to like anger management as a physician, because you have so many complaints of your demeanor. You're always Mm -hmm. angry. You're always reactive. And that's a state of living in chronic stress, chronic fight or flight. That's really what it is, right? That fight or flight. You are just Mm -hmm. fighting with everybody, with the world you don't see anything good everything that somebody tells you you see it as an attack as something that you can not just take with like okay is there validity to this can I learn can I pivot can I grow from this it's just mm-hmm. everything just see it as a negative mm-hmm. and so for me it was really that realization that oof I am sort of circling in this darkness I haven't laughed in forever and I used to laugh and I'm kind of jokey and you know my urologist we kind of like like to joke around, we're kind of lighthearted. Well, that was none of that at all for a long time. And once it was pointed out, I was like, ew, you know, that's gross. I don't want to be there. And I started to just say, okay, what am I going to do differently? Because if I don't change something, it's going to be exactly the same. So I need to change something. And it doesn't have to be changing my job because it's the same. My husband, my kids, like co-workers, they're exactly the same. The only thing I changed was My mindset, what am I putting attention to? What am I focusing on? And then that really changes like your whole experience. So you got to think about what are you putting your focus on? Are you waking up and just reading the news feed of all social media or Fox news or whatever and just focusing on all the negative or you wake up with gratitude? You wake up saying like, what is good today? What do I look forward to? What am I excited about today? And when you start off your day like that, and when you end it that way, your whole brain chemistry changes right away. You know, there is changes of what's released, what neurotransmitters Mm -hmm. are releasing, what you feel, and then you feel different. And then you focus on different things. Your brain is really, really a very sophisticated computer machine that wants to be efficient. Mm -hmm. So if you focus on the good, the gratitude, what has gone well then your whole day you start scanning like a computer starting to scan everything that goes well, everything that's positive instead of everything that's gone wrong. And like your, your brain does that for you. So mm-hmm. start with the intention. So you can use your brain. It doesn't use you. It's your brain. You command it. Don't let it command you and become a victim of it.
0: Ricky's bringing a good question right off the bat. Of course, you got some you got some finance geeks in the room, so of course, this is going to be a good question to ask. But how much of your burnout was financial? and also how much was your solution to burnout dependent on being financially stable?
1: Yeah, I am very grateful that that has never been part of my burnout story. You know, my husband, he was in private equity. And he actually left that job to actually, the most important job, which is stay at home with my children and take care of them full time. So we had the luxury of not worrying about finances and not, I don't have any debt educational. Many years ago, I paid all that off and we don't have any like large looming debt. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lot of finances, we have investments. So that has never been something that has affected, but that is a huge part of what affects a lot of physicians because- we have a lot of educational debt. And then what Mm -hmm. happens is you get out of training. And now you have this idea that because you're a physician, you have to live a certain way buy certain things. And many times, honestly, you can't afford it. Mm -hmm. But you think because you are a physician, you should have all this, you should have that and you're trying to compete, perhaps you're feel like you deserve it, because obviously it was long and arduous training. And then now you're really living above your means. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of have like golden handcuffs, because you can maybe leave a job because you don't know you're the primary breadwinner. And if you leave, you don't know what will happen. Then you're always in a state of fear. Mm -hmm. And when you're in fear, again, you go back to like your part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, that plans, that can look for solutions, whether it's financially or any way, really cannot process that information. And you just keep spinning. You keep spinning and you stay scared and like kind of small and like, just Mm -hmm. be like, well, I'll just take it because I don't know if I speak up, if I do this, anything, like if I will have a job, if you're the primary breadwinner. So that is very real. You know, we can't not think about that. And if you don't know finances, you don't have a stable financial planning stuff, it's really difficult. You know, my husband always says, well, yeah, you can say all that because you have, we have that freedom, but you know, whether I had it when I was, let's say a poor student, poor medical student or not, I really always spoke up. I really always, you know, was vocal about things. But for me, yes, to answer your question, it didn't have anything to do with it. So you can still be in a terrible place and burnout with your thoughts, have nothing to do with finances, but Mm -hmm. that can definitely make it worse for sure. I mean, that's a huge part of worry and stress, but then you have to talk about some boundaries and then you have to talk about priorities. Mm -hmm. Then you have to talk about what do you want? What are you trading, you know, one thing for the other? You know, so sometimes you, yes, you get tons of money, but what are you trading off? Are you trading time with your family, time for you to work out and be healthy and have time to do things you want to do outside of medicine for money? And for what? I mean, like, we got to just know why are you doing it? You know, if you want that car, sure, then you're going to sacrifice some things. But
2: Mm. you got
1: to think about and pause and think, what is the cost for all these choices that I'm making every day?
0: It seemed like money definitely didn't cause burnout, but it seems like maybe indirectly it was a solution in that, like you didn't have to worry about money, which is kind of a benefit of having your finances in order is that you have more options. Like you can, and I remember um, in your talk, you talked about you paid, I think it was $33,000 or you invested is a better word, $33,000 in Educating yourself, hiring coaches—I'm not. I don't think you detailed exactly what it was for, but like invested in yourself, and that to me is a a solution, a self development solution kind of thing that can only come with having your finances stable, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, thirty three thousand dollars is a lot. I mean, many people, even physicians, don't have that in their bank account, like for extra money for a rainy day. But yes. $33,000 is the amount I spent in the last year, this past year with like coaching, like becoming a certified life coach, getting business coaching, getting spiritual coaching, media coaching and all these different ways for you to develop like Reiki, all these things to learn, mm-hmm. to develop yourself in your mental health, and your wellness. If you don't have mental health, if you're stressed out, believe me, that becomes your illness. 70 to 80, 90% of all doctor visits, including myself as a specialist are stress related. I mean, I do that all day, every day. We can talk about as a urologist, like, you know, you have frequency to pee urge to pee, but that is really coming from stress. The nervous Mm -hmm. system being on like full gas pedal Mm -hmm. and affecting all of your body, which for me, it did as well. When I was in chronic stress, which then leads to burnout, which is the end stage of stress. I was grinding my teeth. I got a Abscess from grinding a root canal. I had a GERD like reflux. I had mm-hmm. asthma that developed at age 42 that I never had from the chronic stress. I That's had, crazy. yeah, I didn't sleep. You know, you wake up all the time. I had joint pain. So now it became like an autoimmune disease. I'm affecting my own body mm-hmm. and getting joint pain, rheumatoid factor, which is seen in autoimmune diseases from this chronic stress. Just yeah. I couldn't like walk across a room and like, I'm a runner. I used to run cross country. I was in a terrible place from stress. Again, it wasn't COVID. It wasn't anything else, but stress. It's so real, but I don't like to acknowledge that mm-hmm. stress causes disease or wellness. Cause now I don't have any of that. Yeah. And I sleep really well and soundly and beautifully. And that's because I changed like this chronic stress every day.
0: Yeah. Jeff has a good question. Tips. Any tips for being more aware of cues in yourself ideally you know obviously there's medical symptoms that come about but like how do you start to be more aware of your own negativity and then on the other hand what about helping other people beyond i mean your husband just told you which is one way to do it but um ways to assist others and helping them to identify that they're having a negative mindset because it's hard. So I'm thinking, say I'm working with a client, like, and I know they're super negative Nancy and they're going to take it personal. Like, how do you, it's obvious to us, you know? So thoughts on identifying yourself and then with others.
1: Yeah. For yourself. I mean, I think when you have some time in the day where you pause, I mean, it's like pausing, which is like, physicians and surgeons never pause, right? We just like keep going all day, all day. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And even the busyness is one way actually that we tend to sort of buffer our emotions. We don't want to slow down and think about what we're feeling, not feeling because, you know, we don't like to do that. We get uncomfortable. So then we fill up our day with things to do, being at work all day. So we don't have to like be still and be quiet and figure out what's going on. But you can kind of notice that in yourself if you want to do a little self-awareness check. Are you just like cynical? Like everything you're talking about with people is cynical, hopeless, terrible. There's no solution. If you kind of that's what your conversations are about all day, that's a good chance that you're running into burnout. You know, again, mm-hmm. apathy. You just don't care. You like are yeah. not interested you know, and obviously like anxiety and depression and yes, and physical symptoms will totally happen. You're not sleeping. You're like always ruminating the same thought. Mm-hmm. That's a sign that you're in burnout. And again, anxiety, depression, and if you're having suicidal thoughts, I mean, that's kind of like down the stage, but sometimes you just feel stuck, frozen, overwhelmed. That's mm-hmm. another sign that like, You're in chronic stress. That's how you know in yourself, and your body's going to tell you. You're going to feel kind of tight. Your shoulders. You feel like literally the weight of your shoulders. Some people, I'm having this terrible pain. They go to a million doctors. You know, they start having reflux. I mean, those are signs. Your body is so intelligent; it's going to tell you what's going on. But other people may. And then if you want to kind of tell other people, you know, that you're always around. I mean. You only can do it gently and lovingly and say, you know what? I'm a little concerned. I just noticed that X, Y, and Z that you're always, you know, you seem like things are kind of hopeless or you can't find the solution. I wonder if that could be just chronic stress. You know, you know, I'm just curious when you kind of phrase it and like, I'm curious if you have thought about it instead of like, you're totally stressed. Like what's wrong with you? I mean, that's not going to be helpful. But when you're coming from a loving place, like I'm curious if you have thought about this, you kind of plant a seed. And you hope that they will take action and do something because yeah my husband pointed it out but i could have been like okay whatever i'm going to still be debbie downer but i had to do the work myself and continue to do the work every day mm-hmm. to be in a different place like nobody did the work for me i mean i did the work mm-hmm. yes it was pointed out but you have to make the decision just like any alcoholic drug yeah. addict i mean we're kind of like work addicts right we have addictions So you have to make the choice. Like I want a different life. I want a different place to be. It's your decision.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hopefully there's cues and, you know, you should be getting cues in your, it's a matter of whether or not you're aware and taking a little time of like doing nothing like silence, literally with Mm -hmm. no commitments can help. I think in noticing issues with yourself, that's huge. Like just kind of, moment, of, like literally a few minutes, cause we just, everybody's so busy and nobody has any time where there's zero, literally zero going on, can be helpful. And then maybe giving some gentle feedback to others. But what the key is though, once you recognize, have that sign or symptom is taking action, cause I think a ton of people probably get these cues,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like you're saying, and they do nothing about it.
1: Yeah. And then they have the same exact results, right? And then, and then it's a cycle later. of
0: insanity and then they lose the hope.
1: Yeah, then six months, you're at the same exact place, right? Maybe you haven't even made a decision of what you're going to do for your finances. You didn't make a change, a commitment, a difference. Any, I mean, the coaching one on one really is about awareness and it's about realizing that you can either backtrack it or forward do it, but you want a result, right? If your result is something you want, you have to take an action. Otherwise, it'll be exactly the same result. And that's insanity, right? If you're going to take an action, it actually comes from a feeling. Anything you do, whether you're investing, whether you are going to do cookies for your kids, like party, whatever you're going to do, it comes from a feeling. And mm-hmm. that feeling comes from a thought. Like, what are you thinking that is then making you feel something? And then that feeling drives your action. So we have to think about like, what am I feeling to really get you to a different action and a different result? If we're always staying in overwhelmed despair, negativity, then you're never going to actually probably have different feelings and a different results at all. They're going to be exactly the same. So we got to step back and say, okay, what do I want? What don't I want? We can say all the time what we don't want all day, but what do you actually want? You have to have to pause to think about that as well, mm-hmm. because we have to start dreaming. You have to start being excited about what do you, I mean, when was the last time you dreamt about something? When we're in medicine, we're so linear. They're like, get to here, get to here, get to here. Then we're attending like it's bliss. It actually isn't. And then we just <laughs> stop dreaming. We stop mm-hmm. getting excited about being a student all the time about learning all kinds of things, whether in medicine or outside of medicine. Yeah. You keep dreaming. Like what do you really want in life? Because it's short. We're here for a purpose. You know, that's really like hopefully an enlightenment thing that you can realize like we're here for a purpose and mm-hmm. maybe it's medicine, maybe it's not, but like we have one. And sometimes it's burnout, sometimes it's cancer diagnosis. sometimes it's the death of a loved one or, you know, things like that that shake you, hopefully. That is like your huge warning signpost. Hello, What are you gonna change? But yeah. people wait for cancer. Like they push all those emotions that we talked about. They push all those signs. They think we can just get to it. And in the meanwhile, they cause their disease. They cause suffering of their loved ones because you're not present you're not loving, you're not kind because you can't be when you're like totally apathetic and burned out. You can't be loving. You can't be present. I definitely was not present for my kids at all. Like I was just like a blob of cells walking around, you know, pretending to be there physically, but I'm not, I'm just in a different like planet of my own thoughts. So mm-hmm. think about what you want. Think about, is that, is that what you want to do? Because at the end of the day, when you die tomorrow or tomorrow, I get run over by the bus, like, all this material junk, all these diplomas in the back, what are they? I mean, I'm not taking them with me. And
2: mm-hmm. like,
1: who was I for other people? Did I help? Did I change some better impact for others? I mean, that's what we hope that we do here.
2: Mm-hmm. Cause when yeah. you die
1: with all the toys, you still die, right? Like, yeah, they're fun. They make life easier. They make it more comfortable for sure. But they're just like tools. They're, they don't bring happiness. They really Mm -hmm.
0: don't. Yeah. Nobody on their deathbed's like, man, I wish I worked so much more harder, you know, hours longer. That's not the regrets they have. So, was there like a moment in time where you flipped the switch and you realized all this? Like, when you're, because I know your story and you were, your husband kind of helped bring it to your attention and you realized that the negativity and you started kind of turning the corner. Was there like a literal moment in time where you're like, oh, I'm, you woke up.
1: Yeah, I think it's a gradual, maybe awakening. Sometimes it's a little jolty, Uh, it can be either. But for me, when I kind of sat here, I'm like, I'm not present for my kids at all. I'm becoming my mother, which people want to probably like or hate, depending on who your mother is or isn't. But my mother's narcissistic, which means she's not present because of her illness. And I really was becoming that because of burnout. I was not present. And I'm like, why did I have kids if I'm not going to be present? What's the point? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to do that to my children. I want to do better than what I had. And I want to use that for good. I know what it feels like to have a narcissistic mother. I want to be present for my kids. So that was like a big jolt. And then I started learning about coaching awareness. That was just one step. And then, you know, I had never written anything in my life. For me, writing was very healing and it is for a lot of people. And you don't ever have to publish anything, but just write it down to let go of the emotional charge that sometimes you have. Because when you write it down and don't send that email, you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, now now I don't feel so angry or so hopeless. And that can be very healing. So you can write it, burn it. You can not send that email, but just type it out. Or you can publish it and share your story with others. And that really brings connection. For me, it was very healing. I mean, I never had written, but since I've written, I, I don't know, probably 30 plus more articles, Kevin and D Doximity, I mean, like lots of outlets for me to process emotions I was dealing with and just kind of like let it move through me and not stay in me, become my anger and my despair. So writing was key. Speaking was really important. Again, it's kind of like today, sharing my story. Hopefully it tells people like you can't get through it. It's not to be like, oh, I'm fantastic. No, like it's daily work. It happened twice because you know what? The first time I didn't change anything. I just got through it, got on Zoloft, went to therapy, but then I didn't change anything. I just went back to my same stuff. So that's why I came back. So Mm -hmm. now this time, I don't want to be a third time and I don't want to be a statistic. So I want to every day do something different. And every day I wake up, I do my graduate journal. I do my meditation. I spend time that I every day or as much as I can, you know, during the week to exercise. That's really important for me. I like to write. I like to read. I read every night, you know, books that interest me. So I want to keep growing. I want to keep learning. I don't want to be stagnant. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us become stagnant. And so mm-hmm. when you have nothing to look forward to, yeah, it becomes kind of bleak and it becomes like wake up, pee, poop, shower, rinse, repeat, bo- you know, the same thing. <laughs> so you want to like have some enthusiasm of something that makes you wake up in the morning. What is it for you? Yeah. But you're going to sit down and think about it.
0: You decided you wanted to be better.
1: What is that I don't want to be like not present one. And then I decided like, it really was my spiritual crisis. And I'm like, what am I here for? Because these questions are existential or spiritual questions. Like, who Mm. am I? Because there's not all these diplomas. I'm not a, yes, I'm a urologist and a mom. And These are fantastic roles, but they're temporary. I can lose my children. I mean, that's true. I can stop being a urologist. I mean, even in COVID, when people stop operating, how many people went into crisis? Because, oh my God, if I don't operate, who am I? What is my worth? My worth really is not tied to operating or being a urologist or being a mom. Like, that's not who I am. Those are just roles that I have. They don't (laughs) define me. I am like, this is spiritual stuff, uh, loving, peaceful, you know, soul. And that's who I am. And it doesn't matter if all the stuff gets taken away. If I have like huge house, small house, I'm still gonna be, my essence of me so but when you tie everything you're worth to a title a diploma uh, any role then you suffer if you have kids and then you become an empty nester that transition people suffer they can't let go I mm-hmm. can't let go of my kids being in college it's really difficult
2: Yeah. but
1: when you like let it go there's so much freedom and I think that's important to realize and again these are spiritual questions and I think The first step is really like that awakening. You're not a victim. I'm the creator of life. The second step is you gotta have some, not religious, but a spiritual, like some spiritual something to lift you up. I mean, even when you say you're like, you know, when you say, oh my God, I think you're, you have a gratitude. What is that sign? People go like this. You're like reaching up to something, right? Some heaven, some other place. And so you're ascending, going up to a place where you're in joy and where you're in gratitude and love. Like we talked about leading with love. You gotta have love for you, love for others, but you can't love others if you don't love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can never love others. You're gonna be hateful, Mm -hmm. like criticizing, judgmental. That's not loving. That's just reflecting your own insecurities.
0: Yeah, that's a bunch of stuff. Like loving others requires self-care and love and you were on like a purpose-focused journey which is not everybody gets caught in the rat race of like go 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 and you know work 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 and they kind of lose that whole like vision you know dreamer like kids are great at like dreamer you know they have imagination i guess but you know they lose all that along the way because you get so busy so it was like you were you know after that purpose and you've kind of leaned into that instead of just kind of getting into that just well the
1: kids are the biggest you know they're small and we are ego things i because they're small like they don't know anything they know a lot of stuff Describe your kids you can just kind of told me they dream right they're Mm -hmm. excited they like jump they move those are children and what a joy they are when they're like giggly and laughing and running down the hall with like you know, half their butt showing and they're just giggling, right? Like what a joy to hear that giggle. Nobody ever said, oh my God, that's terrible. Why stop giggling? Well, I mean, if you're in a bad place, you probably did. But they always are dreaming. They're excited. They're like creating, they're playing, they're role-playing. When we lose that, and not that we get busy, is that we start getting the ego, these false roles, our false identities, because you become like a mm. like a middle schooler, you become this, you become a whatever, soccer player. There are all these roles. Labels labels, roles that are temporary and they just obscure our true nature when we are children. And then I think the purpose of truly life is like, okay, rediscover that. You forgot it and all this stuff as you went through. Now we gotta remember it. We gotta remember our truth, our joy. That mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're 45, 60, 80, you can still dance, you can still move, you can still be joyful. Why not? Or like, or what if? I mean, these are great questions. Just like your children ask you all day, why, right? Mm-hmm what if what if we just did it a little different or like why not um, yeah. we got to start asking those questions a little bit more and being curious and right. curiosity is different than judgment you know judgment's like oh why are you doing that but in a different way just be curious like
2: mm-hmm.
1: why am i spending all my time doing this or why can i say no to this person or to this committee or to anything why mm-hmm. you got to ask those questions yeah. Well, you don't have to. But then I mean, then it's like your life just becomes like this, like, you know, and then you're like, become 80. And then you have some cancer. and You're like, Oh, what did I do? Right? Like, what was the purpose and you just die? So, you know, maybe ask it before you get to be 80 or 90. Or
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, let's do it now. Like this second i mean that's the problem we're all kind of procrastinating and so victoria had a good question i think i know what your thoughts will be on this but i'm curious to ask it um do you think it's the hustle of the go 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 which we're kind of hitting on and that lack of autonomy that burns out a lot of physicians
1: lack of autonomy i mean we all have a choice choice. and we could you i mean you could read the book the choice right about survivors of the Holocaust and the worst situations, right? Like when you're dehumanized, where there's no food, where there's abuse, where there's death. I mean, you are in the worst place on earth. I mean, it's kind of like hell on earth and you have a choice. How are you going to use that situation? What are you going to focus on? Are you going to have hope? Because the people that usually died in, in the Holocaust in the concentration camps, they lost hope. Yep. They were hoping that on Christmas day in 19, whatever, like they were going to be liberated. And when it didn't happen, they died the next day. And we know that in patients that when they lose hope, you know, they're going to die. You you see that. I mean, you see that clearly. They lose Mm -hmm. that spark, that hope, that enthusiasm. They die. They decide they're going to die. Right. So we all have a choice. It's not, we don't have autonomy. I mean, the same people that sometimes say that are the ones that never speak up, that don't find solutions for these issues that just say, everything's wrong. I don't have this. I don't have, okay. What do you want? So to have that, what do I have to do? What do we have to do collectively? We have a lot of power, a lot of power as physicians, but we have forgotten it. We don't realize it. I don't know which one it is or both, but we have so much power. If we come together, we speak up, changes will occur. But if we don't speak up, if we don't come together, if we don't support one another, elevate one another, nothing is going to change. You have to be the change. Just like Andy said, you have to be the change you want to see. Right. You know, like you would be overworked because you said yes to that overwork. You can say no, and then maybe you get like less money. That is going to be the trade-off. But then you're trading off your sanity, your life, your mental health, your emotional, physical health. You're trading that off. And you just have to make that choice. We all have a choice. Mm -hmm. Again, that comes from a victim mindset that you don't have a choice. You have a choice. You really do. You just maybe don't like the alternative of what it could be when you say no to something or you say yes to something else, but we have a choice.
0: Yeah, and that gets into the mindset. Having that victim mentality is, that's kind of what we're talking about here. It causes problems, but like it's pretty common. And so I think, do you think a lot of people are aware of mindset and how, maybe we should start with like, what is mindset? Because let's have a good definition there.
1: Yeah. And even beliefs, like what are beliefs? I mean, a belief is something you think about over and over that becomes your truth. You have thought about it so many times that it's just the truth for you, but it really is not the truth because if somebody can look at it a little bit different, then it's not the truth. That is just your strong opinion and your mm-hmm. belief because anything in the world, like even let's say somebody dying, you can think of that somebody dying as like something terrible or somebody else would be like, thank God they died because they were like some evil evils," you know, right? So how we look at something is just depending on our thoughts about it. But as a belief, we just keep thinking the same thing over and over that it just becomes, that is a truth. And so we have to realize like, why do we think that? Or, you know, uh, beliefs like money mindset beliefs, like, oh, you know, money's difficult to come or I'm never gonna be good at money management. I'm never gonna be good at IT. Mm -hmm. That's a belief you just believe now that you can't get out of. But like, what if you put a little hole and say, you know, I'm not good at money yet, but you want to learn. That's a growth Mm -hmm. mindset.
0: Right. Or like, I'm never going to be a morning person.
1: And that's just false. That's just something you want to say to yourself and like hang on to it and you don't want to let it go. Why don't you just let it go? Because you could be a morning person. You could be a night person. You could be anything you want to be. It's just, you decided that in your mind that you're just not that. And then that becomes your whole reality. So what you say to yourself over and over, that becomes your truth. Yeah. It becomes your reality. So a mindset is like, what are you focusing your like everything on? And it's also a little bit of awareness, like mindfulness and mindset a little different, but like mindfulness would be, what are you paying attention to? Not just on the outside, you know, like you can see what's happening. You can see what people are saying, not saying, doing, but what's happening within you. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: What are you feeling? What are you thinking about? That's your mindfulness. You pay attention to, and then the mindset becomes a habitual way to look at life as circumstances and it really kind of becomes again a negative mindset or a positive mindset a growth mindset
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: when you look at things as you know everything that happens to me whether it's what we would label terrible like a death a loss of job it's a learning opportunity it's a place for you to learn the lessons you can like maybe graduate consciously spiritually however you want to frame it to a different level and ascend a little bit Because if you lose a job, you can say, you know, oh my God, it's terrible. What am I going to do? This is doom. Or Mm -hmm. wow, now I have time literally to think about like reprioritizing our life, our finances, our house. Should we live in the state? Should we move somewhere else? Should we live in a smaller house, bigger house, sell our cars? You have that time to think and make maybe some different choices that were probably a blessing in disguise, but you don't see it then. You just think things are terrible.
2: Mm-hmm. But when you look
1: at anything that happens to you as something is happening, you know, for me, not to me, it's a very different way to look at life. And you can do that with anything.
0: Yeah. I think one of my examples, when you get cut off in traffic or something, and you're like, mm-hmm. or even somebody hits you or something, you're like one the average person is going to like cuss them off or throw the middle finger at them or whatever. But like, Take in a minute to be like well you never know and you know or it could be an opportunity or like they could have saved you from a, another car accident it was going to be way worse and you know that's a positive view of a negative uh, unfortunate situation but and like, it's
1: important too to like i mean also you don't want to be like oh i love you like have a great day when somebody's physically threatening your life or being abusive yeah. and that's like boundaries I and mean, we're not going to be in a job in a situation with a patient that is you know yelling profanities no, 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 no. We're not going to like say, oh, we love you, sir, whatever you want. We're here to make you happy because that happens in medicine a lot where now it becomes like McDonald's. Like I don't give out happy meals. I give you (laughs) care and I give you love, but this is not happy place. Like, you know, if you're upset, that's on you. If you're happy, that's also on you. That's something that you kind of start realizing. Like Mm -hmm. I have no control over other people's like emotional reactions except my own. I control my reaction to anything that happens. But if a patient is upset, I'm like, okay, be upset. I mean, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to try to do the best for you. But like at the end of the day, that's on you. Just like if you were so happy, that's on you. I can't control you. I can only control myself. When we try to control others, we just lead to like frustration and resistance because you will never change anybody ever, you know, like your spouse, your coworker, like nobody you can only change and control yourself when you realize that part of it too you're gonna have a lot less suffering
0: mm-hmm. yeah everybody's got a little control freak in them and
1: yeah but you then know. you just like keep like you know hitting the resistance because you're not going to change them maybe mm-hmm. for a few days maybe they'll like you know move the shoes out of the entrance right like because you can nag people but then you get like naggy right so it doesn't really change and it creates like resentment for the other person. And mm-hmm. it becomes this like negative place. Like, mm-hmm. what if you just like, you know, like let it go or focus your attention on something else, or maybe you like point out the good stuff that they do Stop focusing on all the bad thing, like your spouse or this, or people do like, maybe focus on the good stuff that they do. Right. Not all the stuff they do wrong. Cause at the end of the day, you're going to just suffer every time you see that shoe. But if you just say like, Oh yeah, but they also made breakfast and they got the kids ready and they read to my kids, you know, like focus on that. And that's probably going to just make your day much different Mm than all day you're festering. Like, I can't believe, you know, they didn't pick up the shoe and you know, like that doesn't help anything.
0: Right. Yeah. I think about when I start talking about mindset and thinking about this kind of thing. I always think of an experience with my son playing soccer. He's the oldest of my three and he was starting, he's kind of gotten, you know, smarter and he's starting to think more kind of like a little bit like an adult, but he was in a game and he just was playing off playing soccer. And I'm like, what's going on? And I talked to him afterward and he starts talking about and he's like he had been playing with a group of like the a team and he's on the b team and so he was like i knew they're better than me and i didn't think i could do it i'm not good enough basically was what he was saying so in in his words he was saying i'm not good enough Mm -hmm. and so that is a classic example of like mindset like he's got this mentality of like he's and so once you get there and i was like oh man that's no good you know we got to talk through this. Like, so I talked to my buddy and that's, you know, about this, that knows this stuff. And he gave me some like tips to help him kind of work through it, but that kind of thing, once you get there, when you're in that mindset, you can't, you're not going to be able to perform in whatever it is like, whether it's work or life or family or sports. So what we did is that, you know, I talked through some strategies for him to kind of like take a pause and be like, you know what I can do this. Like not, I'm better than all these players, but like I can do this. Like I can, I played with these people before. I can play well. Like I can do this. I'm a great soccer player. I'm going to play as hard as I can. Like I'm going to do the best I can. So like some kind of self-positive self-talk to help like work through it. Um, And also
1: like say like, is that true? I mean, I mean,
2: right, right. You know, when
1: when you're thinking like I'm not good enough, I'm like I'm not as good as them. Is that true? I mean, is that true? Like, think think about that and then. That's a good way to poke a hole in the same or like, or like, so what? Like, so what of whatever, like, so what? Like, what are you making that mean? Because that, sometimes we make so many stories in our head that are just not true. They're maybe with like this limited information of the whole story. We don't know the whole information, but we made it mean like a billion things about it. Right. And like, that's probably not even like what people like what the true facts are. Because again, we interpret everything with our limited views or information at a given day.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think everyone can, I I don't know, I'm curious what your thoughts on on this, but I think mindset is one of those things like we can all like always improve on. It's like a spectrum, like you can continually improve and it's something you can always work on. And so I'm curious about like other tactics we can use to kind of move the right direction Towards having you know a solid mindset versus go back and retract the other direction.
1: You have to prioritize and you have to schedule it, just like you schedule patients every day, just like you schedule whatever you're scheduling every day, and you technically schedule brushing your teeth every day, right? It's something you always do. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a like James Clear book Atomic Habits as a good way to like stack a habit to make a new habit. So if you do something every single day always then add that new habit you want to start maybe before or after so you can kind of like stick so you have to prioritize that time for thinking about these things for like slowing down or thinking about like your intention for the day for being grateful for maybe if you're having a rough day whether it's whatever it is like write maybe like five minutes of like journaling writing typing whatever you want to call it to like you know every day just kind of process these emotions um that's one way to like you have to prioritize the time that's really important you gotta do it every day you know it doesn't have to be five hours at a time but maybe 10 minutes then 10 minutes in the afternoon and just kind of slow down and think about like these questions and again gratitude is very important start dreaming start like getting excited about like what do i want so then you can visualize it take have that feeling generative of excitement so you can take actions to get to your result and your dream. Mm-hmm. So do that. I think sometimes also, I think that's my new thing. I mean, sometimes getting a pet is really important because pets are souls without an ego. So they receive <laughs> and good. they give so much love. And sometimes we're such in a bad place that we can't even like give and receive the love, but a pet will really do that. And there's so many people that are burned out, but they tell me like, the only thing that kept me alive was my dog because I have something to look forward to, or I have somebody to feed. And that's kind of sad, but it's really true. Like that really helped me during COVID. I had a dog. So I think animals, pets can be a huge source of like maybe getting you in a place where you learn to receive, you learn mm-hmm. to give love because they will help in that loop. Because as physicians, we don't like to receive help, support love i mean when people are concerned and tell you like oh i think you're kind of in a difficult place emotionally we put up all these walls and all these you know imperfect syndrome that are false beliefs that it's not our true nature we're not perfect so when you allow and receive care concern help support it's a gift to you because you're going to feel better it's a gift to the giver they're mm-hmm. giving you that love support and it kind of creates a cycle of like of energy getting changed and of connection. It's actually more isolating when you don't receive it. Just like if you had a patient and you're trying to tell them like this recommendation and they out, like they just refuse it. They're like, no, I don't want to do that surgery. You're like, no, I'm not going to take that med. Like, how do you feel as a physician when they reject your like care, your concern that you know from your like expertise that that's going to help them right. When you get that barrier? How do you feel? So imagine when people are trying to help you, when you just say no to everything always and don't have an open heart, open mind, then, you know, it really doesn't, It like stops, there's a lot of resistance and nobody feels good after that. You don't feel good, they don't feel good. People feel like rejected, isolated, separate. You know, we want to feel like union together. And that comes from love, like love Mm -hmm. brings people together.
0: Yeah, I think another one I like is... uh... I think you mentioned it, journaling. I used to journal and it was like a mess of journaling. And I actually read a book, which was fantastic. It's Jim Rohn. He writes about mindset and all that. Basically, if you all want to educate yourself on mindset, he's a fantastic, like he's top of the line, better than anyone I've ever read about this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But anyway, one of his books was on uh, how to journal. (laughs) He has like a do it at the same time every day, right where you're at, what time of day, focus on like feelings and experiences and not on like facts and that kind of thing so it goes through the process of how to journal so journaling is fantastic you know and doing it regularly and referring back to it just having that time and space to do that kind of thing
1: there was a harvard study that said like what are the happy people what are the things that they're doing and one of them is you buy experiences not things yeah why is that important because when you buy experiences first of all, like you actually recall that experience. And when you you're kind of like using kind of imagery, which is very powerful, you are dreaming, you're recalling that image, and then you feel something different. We're like, Oh, remember when we did x, y, and z, and you know how fun it was. And you remember your kids laughing, whatever, you can recall that anytime that's available to you. That is a gift that you can recall an experience. And you feel much different than when you just buy some expensive purse that you know, you're afraid, Oh, my God, it's gonna get dirty stolen. You know, people are are jealous about it you know things don't have the same sort of value or change you know neurochemically that's gonna be really short when you buy it Mm -hmm. and it goes away but an experience is very different so important to buy experiences to have connection with others is important to make your space something happy like things that you like whether it's your candles whether it's your air smelly thing that you like to smell pictures of your dogs, kids, cats, whatever you like, that makes mm-hmm. you feel happy. Like your environment has to be a happy environment, plants right. that you like, music that you like. So what was the last time you like put on music you like or like dance or move? Movement's really important. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes when you're in a funk, like you put a music and you're like, oh, okay, I can do this. Or I feel a little like excited. So music is a really important part of healing. And it's been throughout the ages, art, music, all that stuff kind of always makes you feel like, oh, you know, like. It's something else that somebody created and creation is linked to spirituality, right? Like mm-hmm. you're connecting to a higher source when all these masterpieces are made. So yeah. um, there's a good way to sometimes get out of the funk.
0: Yeah. I don't remember if we were talking about this before we started or after, but your talk, you were dancing at the end and had everybody mm-hmm. dancing. That was, that was fantastic example of all that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you cannot, you know, go somewhere and dance and like still be upset at the person next to you. Right? No. Like, when you dance, you know, whether you have alcohol or not, I mean, but you're dancing, you're moving. This has been from the ages, right? Like all the ancestors, indigenous people, how do they come in community? How do they release their energy, their things? They dance around the fire, or wherever, and chant it and moved. Mm. Movement is so important. Yeah. It's underrated. you know I mean? Probably if you go clubbing, you remember, but even if you don't go clubbing, you can have dance parties with your six-year-old. I have them all the time with my kids. Yeah. And be silly and like, don't take life so seriously. I mean, you know, my friend, Dr. Aguilar, I think she's here. She's like, I just love how you're just not so serious. Cause you know, there's some cheerleading Instagram reel. I mean, it's so ridiculous. And I just laugh. and my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> like, I really don't care. This is like fun. And like, it's 90 seconds. Like you can't be that serious all day. Just like laugh at life a little bit, laugh mm-hmm. at your like blunders, just like laugh about it. Like, don't mm-hmm. be so serious. It's so important to be lighthearted about life and things like it doesn't have to be so serious you know like we can just be joyful and like silly and why Mm -hmm. not like why are you so like uptight like that type a personality when you're so uptight there's lots of research right higher blood pressure because you're always so like in the box (laughs) the blood pressure goes up when your blood pressure goes up you get heart attack stroke your heart and your arteries you get reflux i mean it's not healthy it's not healthy Mm -hmm. but um we want to be so rigid and it's like just like, let it be like, let it flow. Like, so what, so what if like, this doesn't get down like a certain way, you know, just Mm -hmm. let it be.
0: I think another big thing for me, I feel like people have the most influence over you. And so your friends Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or your coaches, your like advise people that are helping you like a coach can be really impactful or just like the people you're like, the news is terrible. I mean, it's negative. So, but you can also seek out positive sources of people. And I guess you have to be careful with who you're associating with Jim Rohn, going back to, I'm gonna talk about Jim Rohn all day long when we're talking about this, but one of the quotes he had that was fantastic. He says, you're the average of your five best friends, Mm -hmm. which is completely true. So you gotta just, you have to be aware of who you're around and are they pulling you in the direction of what you want to become or not?
1: You may lose friends. I mean, I definitely lost like a lifelong friend from residency. We were friends for like 25 years or something because she really couldn't get out of like this victim mindset. And I, after two years, I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, I just can't be that friend for you anymore. I've tried everything mm. that I can help you with. And you stuck in like this victim mindset. I can't like, I got to like drop the anchor and like keep moving. Cause I'm getting dragged down of a place. I don't want to be, I don't want to be in victim and in negativity anymore. Like I did it. Like that's great. Let's move on. I don't want to mm-hmm. be there. So then I want to be around people that are going to elevate me. People that are right in a different path. I want to actually be in like joyful and moving and dancing and, you know, like thinking of different ways of solutions for the problems that we currently have. Cause there's a lot of problems, but we can, find a solution. So Mm -hmm. I want to be around those people. I want to, you know, get support. Yeah, that's why I invested $33,000 to get a coach because sometimes you really can't do it alone when you're down in the gutter. You need a coach to get you from point A to point B and Mm -hmm. the C-suites have it and athletes have it and Oprah and all these big people have tons (laughs) of coaches. So like invest in yourself. It's not just you went to medical school or got an MBA or whatever you did and then you're done for life. Invest in your self-development. Invest in like ways to grow, to learn stuff. That is so important. Or just read things or listen to podcasts that elevate you instead of the news or Facebook. When I was burned out, I would probably do for an hour every night, every night, every day, waking up the Facebook feed. It's all negativity. So- I do not like touch that with a 10 foot pole anymore. I don't ever look at it, but I used to for like hours at a time. So guess yep. what I felt all day, all that negativity. So I don't do that ever again,
2: but mm-hmm. then now I spend
1: my morning in a different way. Like really like meditating, thinking about these things, much different mornings. and like, how I feel during the day is much different. I'm like calm. I'm mm-hmm. not like, like a crazy chicken. Like I'm just calm now. And mm-hmm. it's because I'm just starting and ending my day in a different way.
0: Yeah. You take all that stuff in and it's Mm going to pull you positive or negative. I know we're getting close to the end of time. So I want to be respectful of your time, but in the last couple of minutes, can you talk to us about the business you started? It's physician coaching support, right?
1: Yeah. Physiciancoachsupport.com is a free and confidential platform for like any physician resident or, you know, attending DOMD that wants to come and get support from a peer who is a physician and a life coach. So You're not going to get transformational coaching like if you would do a six-month program or 12-week, but sometimes you just need somebody different to be there and listen to you because we've been there. We understand what it is to be a nephrologist, urologist, you know, surgeon, whatever. We've been through burnout, many of us, and we just give you a different perspective of how to look at the things that you're dealing with that sometimes you just can't see your way out of. So we just use coaching skills to talk to you about anything. And people come with you know, feeling like an imposter or feeling they don't know how to like parent their children who are teenagers or they feel like they have a meeting and they don't know how to show up with their boss. Mm -hmm. They want to try to practice or learn boundaries. Like, what if I say this? Or I'm afraid of judgment. Everybody's afraid of judgment. That's why we don't or do things because we have fear. So if you get out of that fear and lead with love, you're going to have a different way that you're going to take a different Mm -hmm. action. But we just help you with anything that may be coming up Again, it's confidential, you know, and it's available seven days a week via Zoom. You can keep the camera off or off, but it really is there for support because we are in a difficult place. You know, more than 60% of physicians are in burnout, 25% are depressed, thirteen percent are suicidal, and 400 plus every single year complete suicide. So that's really, really terrible. We've gotta change something. We gotta wake up. We really have to do something different to get different results. We can't keep doing the same thing over and over Mm -hmm. and like expect a different result. So start there, start a path. There's different resources there too. If you want a completely anonymous, if you want, you know, phone lines, there's different ones on our website. So go to the website so you can check out stuff, you know, learn about a lot of things and just start doing something. Your call to action today should be, what am I gonna be different? Like, what am I gonna do? to get that different result if you're not in a place that you love today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any um, recommendations for like more full service coaching?
1: Yeah. So also on our website, I mean, all the volunteers, because everybody there is a volunteer. Everybody has their profile. So you can look at the profiles and look at like... They week. all
0: do life coaching on this. Yeah. So okay. they all
1: have their own businesses. You can yeah. look it up if you're looking for weight loss, marriage, transitions. You know, we have a lot of different coaches that specialize in different things, money mindset. So everything for man, for women, you know, all of this, so you can go there, but that's just, you know, 36 people. There's hundreds of coaches. Now they're physicians. If that's you want a physician coach,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if there's not something that you find that you like. I mean, I can help you send us an email a message. We can try to help you get you to where you want to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of, well, you know, investing in yourself, but in particularly coaching, I think it's, Fantastic, and I'm glad to see that. Like, it seems like physician coaching has started to become a bigger thing. And... Yeah, I
1: think it's exploding, but yes, yeah. I mean, it's definitely growing. Truly, really is about like you know, less than 15% of physicians. 11% have used coaching regularly. There's a huge mm-hmm. percentage that is like, "What is that?" And some that are like, "No way!" But we gotta like do something different, really, to help us with skills that we didn't learn as little kids. The way that we look at things in life. These are life skills and they're going to help you in everything you do, like your relationships, your work, everything is going to be based on mindset. You can't do anything without a mindset or belief Mm -hmm. and how that impacts your results.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I forgot to ask and someone reminded me, what is your website?
1: Yeah. It's www.physiciancoachsupport.com. Again, physiciancoachsupport.com. Again, just check it out. Lots of resources, lots of information. Take a step. Lots of, you know, people that have used it, write down what their experience was, which is you know, been very, very positive. We've helped hundreds of physicians since we started. So it's been really a positive effect on both the coaches and both the physicians that come and get support.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thanks, Marcella, for reminding me that. And Diana, we really appreciate you joining us. This has been fun good conversation and lots of stuff in there. Like we'll link to a lot of these resources in the show notes and give you some, some tools and whatnot. But I think the best thing is the takeaway is like taking action. This is like a lifelong thing. And you know, it's not like you're gonna be overnight having that fantastic mindset. It's something, and we go up and down in life. It's been fun talking. I really appreciate you chatting with me.
1: Of course, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to Finance for Physicians. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast player. On this show, we believe that when you prioritize your finances, you take better care of yourself, have more fulfilling relationships with your families, and most importantly, provide higher quality care for your patients. If you feel this way too and wanna learn more, then make sure to join our community. Follow the Finance for Physicians Facebook group for bonus content and sneak peeks on next week's episode. Thanks for listening.